0: May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Amen. I just have to say that the Garden Club has been working so hard for months. And, you know, it would have just like the temperature in this room was for yesterday. The weather yesterday should have been for today. But I want to thank them, even though it's raining so hard, and their tour will probably, <clears throat> if you can hear that, have to be delayed. But um, they have uh, done work that will beautify our gardens and our time together um, all summer long. and fellowship wish for another time. Yes, come eat the deviled eggs at Fellowship Hall, and um, we'll do the tour another time. But they have done work that will last for a very long time. Okay, back to my regularly scheduled sermon. The Holy Scripture begins today with the story of St. Stephen the martyr, stoned to death by a crowd surrounding him the highly educated and influential Saul of Tarsus, later to become Paul, St. Paul, standing by and egging the crowd on as they kill Stephen. Stephen, a deacon, was killed by hate stoking the basest of human instinct, twisting it into thinking that The only solution to keep this person quiet was doing away with him. Twisting the basis of human instinct uh, into thinking that we need to do away with what we don't like, with what bothers us, or what gets in our way. To hate someone because they are different is manifest in the violence today, that hate. The violence of hate perpetuated against those who are different or weird or wrong or just have a new perspective on religion like the Christians did way back when is a distortion of human uh, purpose. We were made by God for connection, not for violence. Stephen died a martyr because he was a witness to his faith. He didn't renounce it when things got rough. He didn't um, plead even for mercy, which anyone would, it would be understandable for anyone to do even as he was facing his last and feeling the hurt of the stones being thrown against him, he did not renounce his faith in God or his faith in humanity. There they were, that crowd, throwing stones to take his life, and with his last breath, he asked for forgiveness not for him, but for those who were doing the violence. I, Hannah, not the martyr, may have had a few choice words for the crowd. (laughs) I would probably wanted to go out, you know, with a bang, you know, Um, but Stephen, the martyr, was a witness that I know, that I need, and that I think we all still need today. His last words were, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. Lord, do not hold this sin against them. Immersed in pain, he forgave. He did not return hate with hate, even when that hate brought his own demise. Here, I want to be sure and be clear that Stephen did not condone the death-dealing action by asking God for their forgiveness. He condemned it by not perpetuating it. He took the air out of the hate, or at least he tried. He died the way Jesus did. When he was hung on the cross, Jesus called for forgiveness because those who were doing violence to him did not really know what they were doing. His call to action was a forgiveness that was intended to stop the cycle of violence a forgiveness that sowed the seeds of an assassin's conversion Saul of Tarsus to St Paul the apostle it was not an immediate conversion Saul had to be thrown off his horse by a vision of Jesus in order to fully convert in order to fully stop persecuting Christians, but the sight of a man being battered to death with rocks, putting a stop to the cycle of death, saying, I forgive, God forgive these people, had to at least put a crack in the shell of Saul's certainty and hate. As it is written, heard it in the epistle today, once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Forgiveness is a powerful tool in the spiritual toolkit. It is not weak or placating or subservient or for the faint of heart. It is a Christ-like witness and a means to freedom And transformation both of self and of other and towards God's just future. In some ways even when we so often have to forgive those who are undeserved in some way or another to liberate ourselves, forgiveness in some ways is the spiritual milk by which we may grow into salvation. Forgiveness does not always come naturally to everyone, me included. Sometimes I have to work really, really hard asking God to work the grace in me that I do not have for others. This is true especially when it concerns damage to the most vulnerable or under-resourced. And I know there are many that don't agree with me on this, but I want to give an example. So for example, the line that I heard recently, there is not one child who wants to die for your Second Amendment right. Not one resonates with me. I just, I just want to lay it out there and make it simple. I know it's more complicated, nuanced, layered. But there are ways to slow the access to the instruments of violence, to take a pause when the basis of human instincts rears its ugly head. And those ways of bringing peace or slowing down the instinct to violence are being fought tooth and nail. My Christ and Stephen teach me more and more how to end or at least witness against viciousness with forgiveness, but it is sometimes still a struggle. God hears my struggle God hears our struggles. So I'm making some sort of swift transitions in this sermon today. And so I'm gonna tell you when I'm making them because they're, they're, they're maybe, they make sense to me, but I want to help you follow along my my thinking. I learned about this Sri Lankan Jesuit province, mandated by the superior, the Jesuit superior, and founded in 1974 by an Azuit Jesuit theologian um, uh, and a Buddhist scholar, Father Aloysius Pieris. The name of it is Tulana, and Tulana has its roots in Sanskrit and means four things taken together. Elevation, weighing, comparing, and deciding for the weightier things. In short, the the word means discernment. And all our lives as Christians, we are called into this Uh, four-part to Lana of discernment. In his book of essays, Fire and Water, Father Aloysius says that discernment filters through the detachment of wisdom and the engagement of love. They are bound together in our spiritual lives and we seek to discern God's will for us to overcome self will, to have what we want when we want it because we want it. That is self will, that is not God's will. We are called to discern the difference with wisdom and love, to think clearly and courageously and act faithfully and passionately for this world God has gifted us and for all the people in it, all of them. Now here's the next transition. I have been discerning a lot about the coronation yesterday. So it does concern us as part of the Anglican Communion the Worldwide Anglican Communion because the English monarchy is technically the head of the the church in England and thus symbolically a very important part of the Worldwide Anglican Communion of which the Episcopal Church in the USA is a part. I did not get up to see it as I did as a little girl, I got up to watch the royal wedding many years ago. The coronation was an historic occasion and I've heard comments and and seen them that many of you loved the history, the pomp and circumstance, the tradition, and I appreciate that. But I also have a very loud voice in my head and heart saying, but it's monarchy, people. Didn't we fight a war of independence about a couple of hundred years ago, plus a couple hundred plus years ago? You know, government for the people, by the people, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And yet I know it fascinates. In a New Yorker article about Charles III, Rebecca Mead recalled, when King Charles III was a young prince in the early 1950s, he sometimes propelled a ride on toy around Windsor Castle, one of several royal residences where he spent his childhood. His attention was arrested by one unusual portrait of King Charles I, displayed in the Queen's ballroom. The portrait was titled, Charles I in Three Views. The art, the painting, offers three representations of the elegant monarch. One in profile, one facing forward, and one in a three-quarter view. And then there's a, long, uh, there's a long couple of paragraphs about the history of Charles I, which is for another time and another place. But Charles I's fate reduced the power of the monarchy when they got it back forevermore. Mead says that the portrait might also have suggested to the prince, who was destined to become the third King Charles, that to be a monarch is to be a divided self, a role that is sometimes precariously split among the constitutional, the institutional, and the personal. Being a king is not just one thing," she concludes. Charles the First is called Charles the Martyr by some, though certainly a different type of martyr than Stephen. Being a martyr or a Christian or a human being is, of course, similarly not just one thing. Our lives are complex, obviously. Our lives are layered. Our spirits troubled sometimes by what is happening in the world, what is happening in our lives, what is happening with those we love. When our hearts are troubled, or our anchor unmoored, our gospel today shows us the way to discern a course back to connection with God, to closeness with the true three-in-one. Whoever has seen me has seen the Father, our gospel promises, and Jesus promises Paul Tillich once wrote that Jesus is God made tangible in human made flesh in human history If we look at Jesus if we read about Jesus as we study Jesus we will know about God We will help be witnesses to God's will in the world as we discern what Jesus would do. Jesus is the one, in the stories there, is the one without any rocks, not throwing them. Jesus is the one that nourishes us with spiritual milk, Jesus nourishes us with good, good things, so that we may grow in salvation. Jesus is the one with all that mercy to give, if we would only just receive it. Jesus is the one with the crown of thorns and diverse dwelling places where many different Manifestations of people are welcome. Forgiveness does not condone the action, but shines a spotlight of truth and strength and kindness. A spotlight that clears out the cobwebs of lies and laziness, of violence, and hate. And it is Jesus that shows us the way and the power of forgiveness. Because Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Amen.